only man's He just keeps getting... Hello? Check, check, check. He just keeps getting better. This one, he goes, whenever Mason is folding paper and he says, this one's going to be a little bit tricky. <laughs> He's a master of folding paper. We thank him. We thank him. And, we, and we've been studying this Transform series. If you have your book this morning, we're going to be in it. Uh, if you have your worship handout, which is this piece of paper right here, we're going to be in that. If you want to take some time to open that up, if you, if you take notes... You're going to be disappointed because I took some of them for you, but it's okay. Some of us want to transfer everything that we write down into our transform books. And if you don't have those, I have a couple of them, okay? I only have a couple left. However, this week we should be getting 30 more because some, I don't know if you're eating them. I don't know. I don't know if you're, listen, it doesn't matter, okay? We, to this date right now, we've, we've sold 178 transform books. Hello. <laughs> so the, the, the lady that I talked to that orders these books, when she calls Saddleback, because we have to get them from California, by the way, and I said, so uh, do you, are, do you, are you familiar with this person that you place orders with? She says, we're on a first name basis. So we, we've been calling them several times, and I want to just say thank you. If you're, if you're buying these books and you're giving them to your children, you're giving them to your grandkids, I know people are giving them to their mates, people that maybe aren't in church right now, and we're just going through this book. It's 50 days. 50 days. Today was day 15. If you're doing your daily devotions, here's the thing. We're going to be talking about this this morning. We're going to be talking about the way that we think in our mental health. Okay? We're going to be talking about that. And it gets, it gets a, little bit, a little bit sharp, but here's the deal. We as human beings are very, very good starters. In a couple of months, in two or three months, you're going, to, you're going to have the opportunity, and some of us and most of us will make some type of New Year resolution. You know as well as I do how that New Year's resolution does on about March 1st. Sometimes it just goes away. We're really good starters, but I want to tell you, I had somebody that, that started their Transform book about a week after we started this, and they started on day one, so they're a little bit behind. And they asked me yesterday, they said, are the days getting harder or are they getting better? I said, they're just amazing. If you've been pouring some time in and having some time with God, He is transforming your life, whether you know it or not. He is seeking to make you a different being, a different person. We're going to talk about today our third, our third sermon in this. So if you have your handout, we're going to be in that. If you have your book, we're going to be on that for the sermon notes for week three. Uh, like I said, today is going to be day 15 if, you're, if you started with us. And please, there's no pressure. If you didn't start on day one and you didn't get your book until last week, there's no pressure about catching up. Don't do two days in a, one, in a row or in two days in one day because the more material you put in, the less you're going to retain. Okay, so take your time. Spend some quality time from God. I heard a sermon series one time that was six weeks long on this verse, or this part of the verse. You ready? Six Weeks, six weeks on this on this phrase of scripture. But Mary, <laughs> it's talking about when Jesus was born and Mary's in the manger, and it said that but Mary kept all these things to herself and she pondered these things upon herself and about what she would think. Listen, we have to change 
the way that we think. Two weeks ago was spiritual health. That was week number one. So if you're, if you're listening online, you're trying to catch up, or you're in here, and you haven't been a part of this whole series, I'm going to just very, very quickly catch you up. Week one was spiritual health. And believe me, if I say something and some people are going to laugh and you may think, oh, I have no idea what he's talking about, check us out online, get on the website, get on the sermon, you can listen to the whole thing and it'll make sense. But week one, we talked about our spiritual health and I spoke about the prodigal son. About the son that gets everything that he wants early and he leaves and he comes back after he's eaten with pigs. And I talked about spiritual health and that we have to realize that we love everyone God, we want God to transform us to be a loving person because probably in our life we can remember a point that we, we have been that son that's eaten with the pigs. And we know what it's like to come home. So if, if, we can, if we've ever experienced that, we should in trade be the dad that has the welcome open arms for your kids, for your friends, for people that's hurt you. God wants to transform your relationships spiritually. Week number two, last week we talked about physical health and I know some of you were expecting to come in and and have weights set up everywhere and we were going to get all buff but instead we went internally a little bit. And I talked about a really, really, really nasty, ugly word called stress. And we said stress can kill you. We talked about getting all worked up, being anxious how stress can affect us. And the sermon title last week was I'm too stressed to rest. I can't, I can't let go of my mind. I'm going to talk about chronic stress and that your body never quits going. You never quit analyzing, thinking. You have no time to rest because you're just so consumed. Look at number week three today. If you're if you in your transformed book, we're going to be in week three and we're going to be discussing mental health. Okay? Mental health. And we're not going to take this home. And there is not a psych evaluation that you can do to your mate in the Transform book. Okay, this is not what this is about. This might be, so far, my favorite one because the, the verses that are used in this are life verses for me. The life verses that you are going to hear today, the Scripture out of God's Word that you're going to hear today has physically, mentally, socially, mentally changed my life. And it's something that doesn't just get worked on and go away. It's an everyday. It's one of those things where maybe you're looking for mental stability every 10 minutes because we're going to see a verse this morning that really, 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 really challenges us. Look at the screen first of all. If you're with us and you have a transformed book or maybe somebody sitting beside you with one of these brown books, we're going to look at, the, at what this says. This is a New Living Translation. This is, what, this is the Bible that, that I preach out of here at Connection because it's easier to understand. Okay, As far as studying goes, I would probably go with an ESV, English Standard Version. It's probably the most accurate based on what they think now in seminary and theological, big, smart people. But this one's easy to understand. Amen? You like easy to understand? Me too. So if you, if you would just follow along with me, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many people, if I just ask you straight up, you don't have to raise your hand, but if I ask you, this is the very last question, would you like to know God's will for you? I think you'll be probably pretty close to unanimous. Yes. Yes. If you have a relationship with God, yeah, you ever been to this crossroads? God, which way do I go? 
Which way? What do I do? How do I do it? Be careful because you're going to get stressed out. <laughs> be careful how you think your life is going to be shaped by your thoughts. Oh yeah, we're going to come to that one in a minute. And that's a hard one. But it says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you what? By changing the way that you what? By changing the way that you think. By changing the way that we think. See, God is in the business of taking you from where you are and literally... Physically, mentally, spiritually, this whole, these seven points in this transformed book are not some made up recipe. They come from God's Word. And if you don't think, if you think that I'm a little bit excited, I can't wait till we get to the end of the message because I'm, I was way pumped to preach this sermon this morning. I want us to get this. God wants you to change the way you think. And I know that I know what you're saying, well, Matt. You're standing up there on the platform and you just have this Disney World life and you're just talking down to us and all this. Let me tell you something. The way that I think was probably the number one thing that I had to work on this week with my God. It's hard. It is so hard. You ever been right and you know it? Uh-oh. Oops. And you, obviously, it is, your, it is your duty to tell that person that you are right, isn't it? No. <laughs> Would you rather be right or have a relationship? See, this is the thing. You have to be careful in how you think. You have to be careful in how you think. My dad, I came home from college one time and I came home with a buddy of mine who lived in the same town as me. And I was the catcher and BJ was a closer. If you know about baseball, BJ coming into the ball game meant he threw hard. He was clocked at about 93, 94. Yeah, he threw. When he let the ball go from the pitcher's mound, you didn't really see it a whole lot. You just heard it. And it was my job to try to catch it. Well, my dad had to be careful how he thought, but he thought before he acted. And then he spoke before he did either one of those. And we were, we were just hanging out at my house, and my dad, my dad sitting across the table, and he goes, I tell you what. You boys come home from college and you think you're all you're all big stuff. He said, "Let's go out to the park right now." He said, "I can hit BJ, no problem." <laughs> I said, "I'll get the gear." <laughs> we went out to the ballpark, and my dad followed us. And it was about ten minutes after we were there. My dad shows up. BJ is like stretching running poles. He's stretching out running, and I am in full catcher's gear, and we are playing catch like for real, like we we're gonna play hard ball. And he gets in there like this. He's on the mound, and I'm, I just I took pleasure in this. I don't know. My dad and I are really competitive, and I know I'm like, man, he doesn't have a prayer, but he doesn't understand what's getting ready to happen. He may have seen 84, but he has never seen 94 come out of someone's hand. And I got down behind the plate, and I did what any smart college kid would do. I called for an inside fastball. <laughs> yeah, my dad was bailing out of the box. First of all, he didn't really see it. The ball was about right here, and he kind of did this. And I caught it, and after that, he had no chance. He had no chance, because the next pitch, BJ threw was about 72 miles an hour, and it was a big, huge curveball, and my dad went... Now, you had to be careful... Now, we can talk about that now, and it's really, really, really funny, and it's, it's a good time. But we have to be careful how we think, because sometimes we think we can just overcome a circumstance on our own, and we say, God, I really don't really need it right now, but when I do, I'll be sure to let you know. Aren't you good at that? Me too. Aren't you really good at that? 
I don't need you right now, but uh, in, in a little bit, I'm going to need you. So we have to be careful in how we think, because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you will keep getting what you have been getting. Would anybody, you can be honest with yourself this morning, would anybody want, just by any stretch of the imagination, maybe you want a different life than you're living, than you're living right now. Maybe you're really hurt. Maybe you're a really bothered person with relationships and you can't have those relationships with your kids, your co-workers, your children's children, your grandkids, whoever. But maybe you're hurting. Maybe you physically, mentally, spiritually want God to make you into a different person. You are sitting in a place today that is not a magic house. It's a house of God. We use His Word and He can transform your life. It's nothing that I say. It's where it comes from. When God says that He can transform your life, please believe Him. You're looking at someone that has had physical, mental, a whole other load of stuff, transformation in my life. Am I, am I perfect? No. I didn't wear that shirt today. I have a shirt, if you're, if you're new to it, I have a shirt that says uh, something like, I'm not the man that I ought to be, but thank God I'm not the man that I used to be. Thank God. God wants to transform your life. You know what He wants you to do? He wants you to have a better relationship with your wife and kids than you've ever had in your life. Ever. He wants you and your mate to be so close that you hold hands when you pray. That you kiss each other at a stoplight. I sat next to two little girls that happened to be my daughters at a wedding yesterday. And my youngest daughter says, Now when they kiss, I'm going to go, Ew. And my mom was sitting on the other side of him and she leaned over and she said this. She said, But that's okay. Because when you see those two kiss, that's, their, that's her special boy. And she began to change the way that my youngest daughter thought about that. And she was just... She, if you know her, she has a sense of humor, okay? But thinking you will get any different result from keeping doing the same thing is insanity. Some of you said, I'll get over that problem in a little while. I'll get over that problem next week. That was 20 years ago. That was 15 years ago. That was, that was two months ago. I really need to apologize to that person. I will. I will. Listen, God wants to invade your life this morning. There's nothing that I'm going to say that's magical. It's powerful because it comes from God. He says that He wants to. Believe Him. God desires to do something in your life. We will say there is power in the name of of Jesus. I just want to tell you something really quick that I think about that. Number one, when we sing the name of Jesus, it's not a name. It's not just a name. The Bible says it's a name above names. It's a name that can free you from your stuff. It's a name that can free you from the broken relationships and it can mend them. It's a, it's, a, it's a name that can heal. It's a name that represents a person that was real. And He died so you can be forgiven and have restoration. God is desiring that so much. Do, do, you, do you understand that God desires to transform you and free you from your past? Can you imagine if you could see in, in, in spiritual goggles, if we could put spiritual goggles on? You know, 
I often, often refer to things when I study uh, and, I, and, I, and I learn from what Mike had taught me and, and, other, and other mentors in my life. And I just thought about this. When Mike, when Mike did a sermon about Jesus, and, he, and, he, and he, <laughs> Mike was really funny, and he said, Jesus was not a girly guy. Okay, Jesus did not use conditioner on his hair. Okay, he was a man's man. He was a carpenter. He had strong hands. Now watch this. I love thinking about this. Can you imagine if you could put spiritual goggles on and see what Jesus would like to do to the chains in your life that have kept you bound for so long? If you could just, boom. He's paid for it. You've got to let Him do it. And some of, I know some of us say, well, I want it right now. It has taken you years to get into this habit. It may take you a while to get out. I'm not saying that God can't, boom. I'm not going to put God in a box that, but He is that big. He is that powerful. However, as we've talked before, sometimes God wants us to go through that process of, of trusting Him so that inside us, we can flex our spiritual muscles to be stronger. See, God desires something for you, for you today that you probably don't even have a clue. You don't even know where He wants to take you. It's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal like this. My dad asked me yesterday, he goes, he goes, you got any of those transformed books? I said, uh, we got a shipment coming in this week. And he, I said, if you want any, you can't have any. i got to let him fly. I got, I got like three, and i got to have them for emergencies for my church people. He goes, okay. He goes, how many of you sold? I said, almost 180. He goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> he said, do you have 180 people in Connect Group? I said, I don't think so. <laughs> but they're in Hawaii, Indiana, Missouri, Illinois, Oregon. They're soon to be going to South Korea. They're everywhere. There's, a, there's getting ready to be a, a campus ministry with Transform, probably SIUE Evansville. This is just going crazy. Now, when I, when I said, hey, somebody said, do you think this Transform series would be, be very big? I said, yeah. Not really. I only ordered 100 books. And I've had to reorder three times. And the person that has to keep reordering is on a first name basis with the person they order from. See, God is not interested in our little thoughts. He says, I'm going to change you into something that you've never seen. Just on social media alone about the Transform series, I have seen husbands and wives pray together for the first time. I have seen people, and I haven't seen it yet, and I, I know that I have to, I have to. I have not seen more room. But there's people in our church that have come to me and said, Matt, we want to put you on our prayer list. We made one. They, 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 they redesigned a closet and they made a prayer room, a warm to go to war to pray for our church and our people. Whoa! That's, there is power in the name of Jesus. There, man. I used to think about things that, I've, that God has allowed me to overcome and help me over with. And I can't do anything but just want to just say thank you, God. And you know what I'm talking about. I used to be the world's worst procrastinator in the world. And you think, oh, that's, that's kind of my new... <laughs> Procrastination in a job is not a good thing. We have to see a very, very straightforward point in this sermon today before we get into this change. So if you have your worship handout, I've already taken some notes for you. Look at this. Look at the first blank and it's going to be on there. And I know there's not a blank. I know some of you. I know. I know. I know some of you are upset that you do not get fill in a blank. 
So here's my, here's my thing. Copy this down in your transform book, put a blank there, and go, okay, it's far, and then fill it in. Whatever. But God is far more interested in changing your mind than, than, than in changing your circumstances. And nobody heard me on that one. God is far more interested in changing your mind, your mind, than in changing your whole entire circumstance. Sometimes we hear this. You've probably heard this. Sometimes we hear this. God calms the storm. One of my favorite stories in the entire Bible is when the disciples and Jesus are on the boat and Jesus for the first time shows His authority over nature. And the disciples are all getting really weird and they're going to die and the storm's huge and Jesus comes up and He goes, watch this. Just chill out. And He shows His authority over nature. Sometimes Jesus, God, calms the storm. Sometimes He lets that relationship just chill out. Sometimes He just settles it and you have no idea how. Other times He does this. Sometimes He calms you. You ever spiritually in your life been driving straight for that great big black cloud? Oh, this is going to be rough. Oh, I have to have a conversation with this person. Oh, I have to talk about this. Oh, I have to be. I have to talk about this. Oh, we're going to talk about this. God is far more interested in changing your mind than your circumstances. God wants to change the way you think. By changing the way that you think, God is interested in changing your mind the way you think than in changing your circumstances. Because here's the deal. If He changes your circumstances, your circumstances can change. It can be a, it can be a, with a relationship with your mate. It can be a sickness in the family. Your circumstances can change. But if God changes and you allow Him to change the way that you think, then it's applied to all circumstances. If you learn to trust God, man, I tell you what, it took me a long time to learn that I could trust God. I know, you're saying, I can't believe you're a pastor. Listen, it took me a long time to understand that I can fully trust God. It took me a long time. God got my attention and changed the way that I thought. And the reason I talked, some of you talk to me about these Christian movies and they say, you know, do you like Facing the Giants? I said, I love Facing the Giants. If you ever watch that movie with me, I will not be, I will not be short of an entire box of Kleenex that's sitting right beside me. I've prayed the prayer that me and wife prayed. God, if you give us children, we'll, we'll give them to you. And if you don't give them to us, we will praise you anyway. I have prayed that prayer with my wife. See, God wants to change our mind. He says, Matt, I haven't changed. I don't change. I'm good. And I know that you can't see everything, but let me change your mind. Let me transform the way that you think because I want you to trust me because if you trust me, it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in, you will be able to mold that way that you think into that. Oh. We're going to go over three points that are in that are in your. We're going to start with number one. So you can check out the screen. It says this. this is, these are things things that I think will help you. Okay, it will help our mental life. Look at number one. My thoughts control my life. No, they don't. This is what I said. This is you're, you're looking at a, a me, a, a me person uh, talking now. God says this, Matt. Your thoughts control your life. No, they don't. I think I think what I think when I want to think it anytime I want to think it. I can do whatever I want. I can think anything I want. But God says, Matt, your thoughts control your life. 
What do you think about certain circumstances that you find yourself in? Think about this. Your thoughts control your life. Here's, here's some examples of how that happens. We hear this. Just look on social media. Just look and think and, and, and tell me that I'm speaking a lie. I don't think so. I've, I've literally saw this in the last two days. Something to this effect. Gee whiz. I don't deserve this. It's that entitlement coming out in this, isn't it? I don't deserve this. You've got to be kidding me. I don't deserve what's going on. Listen, when everything goes smoothly, we're okay with God. Whenever it happens, something happens in life, we blame God. What, what kind of math problem does that work? It doesn't. it doesn't. We cruise along in life and think that we do it so that when something bad happens, it could not possibly be our fault. No way. I can't move. No. Because remember, we don't think we're in the wrong. But your thoughts will control your life. How about this? We see greed. We see jealousy. On, on Facebook, on social media, talking with somebody else, have you seen their new house? How can they afford that? I'm just going to take a wild Dave Ramsey stab here because I've, I've done a lot of thinking, a lot of studying. You ready? How can they afford it? They can't. Dave Ramsey says this. Dave Ramsey is not Jesus Christ, but he, is, he has some really good points on money. He says this. Stop keeping up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. But we don't think that way. We think, oh, they got a new thing. I want a bigger, better new thing. You're talking to a person. You are looking at a person that's speaking to you. That every year had to have the newest, best, fastest, quietest, strongest, any kind of archery equipment ever. I did. It was an obsession. It was a sickness and a disease. My wife helped me with this. This will be comical to some of you. I told her one year, I said, hey, I need to get a new bow. You're talking about a serious, a serious financial commitment, by the way. I said, I need, I need, you hear that word? My thoughts already made me think, I need this. I need a new bow. Mary goes, you're going to get a different bow than you took, when you, that you hunted with last year? I said, yeah, because the new model's out. And she goes, oh, cool. Are you going to be hunting deer this year? I said, yeah. She goes, okay, that's cool. She goes, does your bow not work? I said, yeah, it works. She goes, well, did you kill deer with it last year? Yeah. She goes, is that the same bow that you shot the seven foot three black bear with? I go, yeah. She goes, so you're telling me that you need a bow, a new bow to kill a deer with that you shot a bear with last year, so your bow is pretty good, huh? <laughs> Don't you like it when your mate thinks like that? <laughs> no one is good. God gave me to her. God gave her to me for a reason. He gave us to each other because she's my special girl. <coughs> she is. I watched Cinderella with three girls last night. Wow! That's a lot of sparkle. <laughs> I showed those girls, I teach these girls, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think if you watch Cinderella. And this is not a spoiler. Cinderella is really an older movie, okay? It's not a spoiler. But when the, when the, when the fairy godmother comes up to her, she does not appear how she actually is. She comes up as the old woman and she asks Cinderella if she can help her, right? 
Cinderella helps her all of a sudden, poof, bippity bobbity, woo! It comes up with this, this awesome thing, she crazy cares and everything. See, my thoughts got a hold of my mind and said, I need, I need. <clears throat> be careful of that four letter word. Need. Be careful. And you're talking about, please do not go home and say, well, man, I guess match is perfect. I'm admitting to you that I had a very, very serious problem with this. I did. The other day I bought something for myself and Mary said, well, you saved up your money for, for a long time. I said, I had that money since Christmas. Okay, if you know me, that doesn't happen. I'm like, oh, there's new things. But then I'm like, if I buy the new thing, my money goes away. See, God has changed my thought and thinking about money, working this thing. I like the fact that Mary and I have worked on getting out of debt. Listen, I don't want to go back. I like this side. We have to be careful of what we think. Don't you think you could be a better boss than your boss? Are you a better parent than your ex? Are you better... If if you're a parent and you have children and you have grandkids, as a parent, are you a better parent than than your children? So we have to be careful. Are you a better coach than your kid's coach? You know why I don't umpire baseball games? Because there are better umpires sitting in the bleachers. As the OGs come down, you do with them. I call a strike. That was a ball. How do you know? You're sitting back there. I'm at the plate. How do you know that? Look at the verse on the screen. Life verse. Life altering, life changing. I'm not the same person as before I heard this verse that I am now. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. I guarantee you and I promise you, I say this to myself at least ten times a day. Sometimes the conversation goes like this. Disagreement with somebody? Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Okay. Like four seconds later, something else goes on. I'm like, golly! Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And I will do something else, and I want to blame something, and I want to blame something, and all of a sudden, I hear out of the kitchen from me, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. <laughs> I'm so thankful that I have her. I'm married way up. Way up. Keep your amen to yourself. Okay, number... <laughs> your life is a product of what you think and how you think it. If you want to think on how everything is bad and how someone's always wronged you, someone always owes you, here's the, I'm not a mathematician, you ready? If you keep thinking that, it's going to go to the negative side. You're gonna, your outlook on life is going to be horrible. Always negative. Always down. Always this. Always somebody owes me something. Somebody, they're not as good as I am. So you're, I'm telling you. You have to be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. However, there's another side. If you, however, think on things that are of God and listen and do, you can't just listen. My daughters listen when they're playing a game and you tell them to go brush your teeth. They listen. They hear us. That's called selective hearing. Okay? They hear us. They listen. But if they don't do, there are consequences. They know that. Right? 
there, there are consequences. Maybe they have to go to bed five minutes early. Maybe they, have, maybe they, maybe they get it—a pat on the bottom, okay? Something to know that, as a parent, this is a very important that I pass on to my kids. Okay? They need to understand when I, when me and Mary say something, they listen. But then the thing that's really hard for me and me to do as followers of Jesus today is when God says, we're like, okay, cool, that sounds great. And then He says, I want you to do this. And we go, you know, that was a good idea. But, <laughs> i got other plans. i got other things. Be careful. Be careful. He may not take you out of the situation. He may just calm you down. Oh, that's a promise. That's awesome. Sometimes God makes the storm go away. You're like, whoa, it looked really dark here. Now it's sunny. Sometimes God calms you down even though we're getting ready to walk through the shadow of the valley of death. But last week we talked and I will fear no evil. For what? My God is with me. You're never alone. Look at the next one on your worship hand down. My mind is the battleground for sin. This is something that you have to be aware of. My mind is the battleground for sin. We're talking about mental health. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Where does the thinking occur? That's correct. Your mind. Your mind is the battleground. Your mind is the battleground. There is one person, I asked this by the way, to a group of people, and I don't want to embarrass them, but I asked them to a group, to a group of people this week, and I said, who is in charge of the way you think? charge the way they Now they're talking to the preacher and they said, oh, we want to be smart. God? Remember, that's one of the top five Sunday school answers of all time. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, bring your Bible and, and or read it and invite somebody to church. That's the top five Sunday school answers of all time. But my, I spent enough time in Sunday school, I know. So my mind, my mind is a battleground for sin, but I asked them, I said, who's in charge in the way you think? I said, God. You are in charge of the way that you think. Let me explain. Some of you are like, oh no, we're not. Okay. A program comes on, it's inappropriate for your eyes. You are sitting with the remote control. Are you going to change it or not? You get on a website that's not good for you to be on, are you going to change the website or not? Are you going to forgive that person or not? Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like this. Me neither. This is hard. Your mind is where the battle is. God has given you the ability to choose Him or not to choose Him. He says, My Son died for everybody. But it doesn't say everybody's going to go. It says all who believe in Him. It doesn't say everybody's coming. doesn't matter what you do. It does not say that. And in fact, He takes it a step further in John chapter 3, verse 30. He says, You have to decrease so that I can increase in your life. See, our mind... We want to do what we want. We like what we want. Here's another example. You can choose to eat the 18 ounce ribeye and be stupid full when you leave. Or you can eat the 8 or 10 ounce ribeye and be full and not spend the extra money. But here's the deal. We like what we like. Listen, my dad's a meat cutter. For 35 years he cut meat. I know about meat. I do. Good meat. Steaks, ribeye, about an inch and a half. I can reverse serum. I can do all that. Oh, oh, yeah. Cook them over wood, do them over charcoal. I like meat. You know what the problem is? I can choose 
Now, last time we talked about physical health, I had a physical goal. If I choose to always eat the 18-ounce 18, 18 rib, I guess what? I, I do not, will not, no prayer of meeting my physical goal. Buffets are huge. Let's go and see how much we can eat. Or you can eat till you're full and leave. You can choose. You can choose. You can choose to change the channel. Get off the website. Your mind is the battleground. This is where it takes place. You know and understand what it's like if there's no one else around and you are the only one there. You understand that the battle is very, very real and you can choose whether you do it or you don't do it. It's an addictive behavior. You can do it or you don't have to do it. But either way, you know the struggle is real. Sometimes my prayer includes this to God. God, I want to think differently. I have a very honest, open... I just tell God. I read in the Bible that God says He wants to know our thoughts and He wants us to talk to Him. So I just talk to Him like He's just hanging out right here. So I say something like this. I include a part of prayer that I prayed this week. I said, God, I want to think differently, but it is so much easier not to. It is so much easier to just think how I've always thought. To do what I've always done. It's easier to think like I've always thought. And it's easier for me to not go into forgiving those people that really should be forgiven. But it's easier for me to not do it. It's easier for me to walk around like I want to walk around. Or I'm a, bit, a bad mood or a good mood like I want to be. And it's easier to not do. Listen, I'm very honest with God. I think it's very biblical. He says, I want to know what you think. I said, God, it's hard. First of all, I'm not telling God anything He doesn't know. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? He knows. He wants you to say it. I said, God, I'm having a hard time today. I, can't, I just can't control how I think. My mind is just going crazy. I need you to help me. I'm reading, I'm reading a book right now and it, talk, it talks about grace. This is unreal. It explains grace as a crack in a roof and it starts to pour and flood and rain. And the water that comes into the basement. And the man describes grace as the water. And I'm thinking, water is a bad thing. That's flooding. We had a, we had a, a urinal back up at the wedding yesterday. Holy cow, there's water everywhere. Some people in here helped me get the water back in. Floods are not good. I'm thinking, that's negative. But the guy explains grace like this. He said, in order for the water to ever reach the basement, there has to be a crack in brokenness for you to receive it. And I was like, holy cow. There has to be a crack. There has to be you saying, God, today is really hard for me. I need you to change the way that I think. Look at the verse in Romans that Paul writes. Look at this. I love to do God's will so far. Now you're talking about, listen, you are talking about a superhero missionary. Okay? If he's, he's the man. If, if Paul is a transformer, he's Optimus Prime, no doubt. Anybody like Transformers? Good, my people. Now, I love to do God's will so far. Watch this. If you're underlining in your Bible or you want to write a note down, write this. Paul is okay with doing God's will so far as what? My new nature is concerned. That means since he's become a follower. He said, I love to do God's will as far as my new nature is concerned. How I think now. I like this. <laughs> We're going to talk about a big button in the Bible. It's right here. But... 
there is something else deep within me in my lower nature. My old self that the Bible says when you become a follower dies away, but oh, it likes to come back and rear its ugly head. You've always done it like this. Don't change. It's comfortable to do it like this. Your lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. Some of you are in this right now. There's this, there's this battle going on inside your head. Change the way you think. God wants to change the way you think. Yeah, but I have good news. The war will end in your mind. It will. Praise God, it will. When you're dead. <laughs> you are human. It will not go away. You can get help with it. God can transform the way you think. But you will, you will get over this when you die. Not probably before then. You're always going to have stuff coming up. Look at number three. God, I'm sorry, is a key. It is the key to peace and happiness. I talked with a newly married, or a soon-to-be married couple. I talked with Lee and Chrissy a little bit, and I told them the same thing. I talked with another couple that I'm going to marry in October, and I told them this. I said, you're looking for something that you don't know how you can get yet. You're looking for peace and happiness in a, way, in, in a marriage, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So people are still seeking that. Anyway, and I said this, my advice is to find a healthy and happy couple. You hear the two words that I just used? Healthy and happy. You could, you could also put in God honoring in there. And I did mention that to them. And I said, I want you to go and find a healthy and happy couple that have been married five years, one that's been married 15 years, and one that's been married over 40. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to take them individually out to eat, starting with the, the five-year one, then the 15, then the 40-plus. I want you to take them out to eat, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask them how they got through their problems. I want you to ask them how they learned to love each other. Listen, if it's a, if it's a holy God-honoring relationship, without going into much detail, that God-honoring couple that's been married that long should be able and should be able to speak into and mentor these young kids that are getting ready to get married or if they already are married and talk to them about everything that's important. Intimacy, financial, kids, all these things. But I said this will set you up to learn how to think, learn how to communicate. I said you will learn how they or you will learn how they learn to have peace with one another. How they learn to love each other. How they find happiness together. How about this? You'll learn how each one of them, if they're healthy and happy and they follow God, how God changed the way that they thought about being a single entity as far as being together with someone else. It's valuable information. You cannot buy this. If we talk like this about marriage, that we need to get people to put into us that we, have, we seek peace and we seek happiness in marriage surely to goodness we should talk about our own relationship with God like that God desires to change how you think look at Romans 8 6 on here look at what Paul says again so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death that's pretty blunt 
keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. But he says this, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to peace. If you control it yourself, it leads to death. If you let God, it can lead to life and peace and happiness. If I, could, if I had these little 12-ounce bottles full of peace, they would sell out faster than the transform books. They would. And what, you know what the deal is? The price tag on that bottle of peace could be much higher than five bucks. And I would sell out of it. And I would bring another truck next week and I would sell out of it again. Here's the deal. You don't have to pay for it. You just need to ask for it. God, I need you to change the way that I think so that I don't have to be anxious, I don't have to be stressed out. Did stress happen? Yes. Stress happens. God says, let me change how you think and I can change the way you act. Hmm. Here's how. Look at your worship handout. If you, want, if you don't have that, or you want to look at the screen and write down notes in your transform book, check this out. Feed free focus. You need to feed your mind with truth. I'm going to say some things that you may not want to hear. Feed my mind with truth. This is how you get there. This is how God's going to use, use this to transform you. He says this. Feed my mind with truth. Hang out with people that are healthy. Hang out with people that can put into you that are healthy. Well, Matt, that may, that may mean I'm not going to hang out with that person anymore. Okay. <laughs> I have friends that I do not hang out with anymore. I have friends that I understand that I'm codependent around that I cannot hang out with them alone. I have to hang out with them with other people. So I do not feel pressured and be codependent to make sure I think that I need to make them happy. I don't know, some of you are like, oh, I'm completely confused by this. Let me tell you, Celebrate Recovery has changed my life. Feed my mind with truth. I know that there's accountability. I go, I meet with people, I mentor people. There's accountability. God's using it. He said, I want you to, I want you to feed your mind with truth. You need to understand this. First of all, we don't think very highly of ourselves, And I'll be in that boat with you too. Because I struggle with feelings of inadequacy. I love self-esteem. I know, I know, I know. You say, oh man, he's always just, he's just, just running around and vacuuming himself and you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. Sometimes I let Satan say things and sometimes I listen. And that's stupid. <laughs> because it leads to death. He says, oh, just relax. You're doing fine. No. I want to feed my mind with truth. You need to understand this. I've said this to people that have been in connection for a little while. You've heard this before. But those two little girls of mine and my sister's twins, whenever my dad gets a hold of them, still to this day, they're seven, four, and three, picks them up. He says, you are special. You are special to Him. But my dad is telling them, he's teaching them, and he's, he's, he's ensuring that they see this love. And he said, he said, girls, you are so special to me, but I cannot even fathom how special you are to God. Every time he sees them, every time he will not quit. I don't want him to quit. You're special. Somebody today, in here, right now, needs to say, you know what, I really don't feel like that. Okay, listen, you are special. You are unbelievably special. No, I'm not. If you want to take a step back and we can look into the New Testament, 
You're special enough that the incarnate Christ, God's Son, came to this earth and died for you. That's how special you are. You're special. And God wants to see these things in your life, these chains. Man, I tell you what. Jesus wants to pull out the bodybuilder Jesus and just... He wants to break the chains off of you. You say, my, my ankles and my arms, have they have chain marks. You can't see mine. I still have scars. You know what scars help me do? It help me remember where I came from and whose I am. God wants to set you free. Look at the next one. It says, free my mind from destructive thoughts. Remember that your mind's a battleground. You will do and what you you will do what you like to do. And that goes back about a month. We said we talked about time. I don't have time to do what God wants me to do. First of all, you don't not have time to do what God wants you to do. And you can't outgive God. Yes, I know there's priorities. Yes, I know there's a time for rest. But when we talk about doing what you want to do, you say, I don't have time to do what God wants me to do because I have this other thing. And to this, I said this. You have time to do whatever you want to do. And I broke down that week. And it wasn't a fun breakdown because I like to claim that too. And when we found out that if, even if we slept 8 hours a day, even if we worked 60 hours a week, and even if we gave 15 hours to the church, that we had like 50 hours left over. And that really wasn't fun to look at. In my mind, I'm going, where did 50 hours go? Look at the next one. He said, focus your mind. In order to focus your mind on good things, you need to focus on God. You need to be careful how you think. You have to be careful on you think, how you think. If you've ever ran, we had a science teacher in, in this building, and I, I had science class. I did not ever teach how to work these things. But if you've ever looked at a microscope, they have two different adjustments. One's kind of, and the other one is just exactly precise and brings everything in on really small stuff. God says, I want you to focus your mind on me. It's been said like this. If you've ever seen a horse at a racetrack, sometimes they have blinders on. You know why? They just want the horse to focus on the finish line. you got to get there. you got to get there. Sometimes God wants us to walk around and He wants to say, okay, Matt, you ready to go through today? <sighs> I fed my mind with truth. I freed my mind from destructive thoughts. Now God says, I want you to focus on me. How do we, how do, we do this in our parental life that, that will make sense? Some of you, maybe all of you, either have pictures, video, or both doing this. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. And you give your young child a focal point on where to walk, and they do it because they're focusing on you. I remember I took Emma over to the parking lot at Summersville School, and I said, okay, Emma, come on. I said, keep pedaling, just keep pedaling, just keep pedaling. I had to focus her mind on what was a priority. If you quit pedaling, you don't have balance, you're going to slow down and get wobbly. God says, I want you to focus your mind on me. I want you to focus your mind on me. Look at the words of hand up. Just three quick points that I, want to, that I want to show you with this. Look at this. But we look to our example. It says, think about Jesus. He held on when it was hard. Do you think so? He 
along when it was hard. And I'm not talking because he was held up by two nails, because here's the deal. Jesus was not held on the cross by two na- three nails. He was held on to the cross by his love for you, because he could have absolutely annihilated every single person that was standing around and made those nails go away. That's what held him on. He held on because he loves you. God wants to transform the way you think because he wants you to be more like his son. In order to do that, we have to focus. Look, think about Jesus because he held on when it was hard. Where do you go when you need to hold on when it's hard? I can't answer that for you, so I answered it for me so you can get this. You ready? Whenever it gets hard in my life, or even when it's easy, I have found, when I need to think about Jesus, when I need to concentrate, I need to hang on, I need to go to CR. So very recovery. I need to go hang out with a good friend of mine. I'm gonna I have a meeting this Thursday with a really good friend of mine. I can't wait to see him. You know why? He's a healthy guy. He loves God, and I can't wait to hang out with him. We haven't seen each other in forever. I know that would be good for me. We live life together in our connect groups. Man, I'm telling you, some of you keep growing with your connect groups, we've got to split you again. Okay, some of the, some of our connect groups are 15, 18, 21. You don't think God's doing something special. Please open your eyes. He's doing something incredible. If you're looking for a connect group, it's all the way in the middle. Check out one. Get a time that works for you and make it a priority. Some of those people that are in my connect group are closer than my real blood family. Because we choose to do this. I said this on last Monday night to a couple that was in our house. I said, I'm so glad and I'm so thankful that we get to live our life together and that in this world, I got to know you. I'm telling you, these people are special. That's where we need to go. We need to focus on this. There's the second one. We need to think about others. We need to encourage and get to know other people. Some of us need to get involved with healthy relationships. God, let God change the way you think. Healthy relationship. And when you need encouragement, this is, this is what God says to me. Man, you're moping around like you just need, like you just need somebody to come by. He said, why don't you be that person? Why don't you encourage whenever you need to be encouraged? Guess what? It's fun. Is it easy? No. No. Remember, because I, I want to I I think I want to stay at the pity party. Because that's how I want to think. Oh, woe is me. Oh, I have it the hardest out of everybody that I know. And I think that I'll post it on social media so everyone will know again. <laughs> it's okay to go to the pity party. No one to leave. I'll get the next one. Think about eternity. <laughs> this, was, this was Paul's goal. Theologically, studying Paul and his life in seminary is unbelievable. It is often taught by one of my theological teachers. He he teaches this way. He said, Paul comes out of a background he literally had a hand in killing thousands of followers of Jesus. Thousands. Then, he has a relationship with God. He has an encounter with God. He's completely changed. Now he goes 180 degrees. Now he's trying to win people and teach them about Jesus. He talk about difference. Talking about bipolar. <laughs> That's another ball game. Well, they said oftentimes they think that Paul, they, they cannot prove this, but just a way of thinking that when Paul would, would hear these people not deny Christ and go and go to death, he did the same thing that they did. When it came time for Paul's life to be over, he went down swinging. 
He wrote letters from prison. He was beaten and tortured. And he said, and they, they teach that, hey, Paul taught other people how to die. That was his fuel. His fuel was to think about things that were above. Paul, out of his own mouth, off his own pen, he says, when I die, I win. To die is gain, is what he said. To die is gain. It's going to all be over soon, and until it is, I'm going to give everything that I have. Because God was allowed to transform the way that He thought. God wants to change the way you think. Your life spent here on earth does not have to be spent worrying with anxiety. God says, I want to give you a full and satisfying life. You do not have to stay chained up. Let me change the way you think. Let me free you from that stuff. There's people here right now that you think, you know what? (laughs) I need to hear that this morning. So whenever we pray, this is what I'm going to do. Number one, nothing occurs to God that's new. Nothing surprises God. In a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell God that you're really, really serious about this. I'm going to pray for you. Whenever we pray, everybody's going to bow their heads. And I just want you to lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Not specifically. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to say, God, look at these people that want to change the way that we think. Mentally. Mentally to be different to be transformed into something different. If that's you this morning, I'm going to invite you in a second. If you just bow your head. Guys, if that's you, I just ask that you just raise your hands starting up all over this building. God, I just thank you for these hands. Thank you. You can put them down. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these people. I thank you for these people that are being so honest. And God, even the ones that, that didn't have the courage to do that, but they know They want to be different. They want to be transformed. They want to change the way they think, God. They're tired of getting what they've always gotten. And God, I ask right now that You just absolutely set people on fire for You in this church. That You just strengthen their will and strengthen their faith as we walk through this life together and we love people because You called us to love people. And that we serve people because You called us to serve people. And God, in our daily life, we ask You, through this Transform series, through this sermon series, through our life, that God, You change, You transform the way that we think. And let us, God, when we get that choice, that we choose You instead of ourselves, and then we choose not only to listen to You, but to do what You say. God, we thank You so much for what You're doing here. Oh. I give you all the glory and the praise and the honor for the life changes that we've seen here and that are going to be coming through the next four weeks of this this series. We love you. We love you, God. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Give two people a high five before you leave today.